Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox and I am Josh. We are so excited to have Steve Arterburn on the show today. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Well, you're welcome. Now, Steve, let me make sure I have this correct. You're a pastor there at Northview Church in Indiana. Yeah. You are host right. of teaching, New Life Teaching Pastor. Teaching Pastor. Okay, you're host of New Life Live. You're founder of New Life Treatment Center, and you are the the author of your latest book, The Mediterranean Love Plan. And I did I get all that right? Yeah, now don't leave out something I really love, and that is that I am the founder of Women of Faith Conferences, which ah. have been attended by over 5 million women. That's pretty oh. exciting to me. Absolutely. I thought you were going to, in my digging and research, I found that you were on an episode of Wheel of Fortune. I thought that's what you were going to tell me. <laughs> well, no, I'm not, I don't talk about that because I didn't win any money. My daughter and I were on, and uh, we were we were not very good. Well, it wasn't that we weren't good. It's that we got on one of the shows where you're on with like a savant or something, and <laughs> you just can't win. Sure, sure, sure. So before we actually talk about your book, I'd love to hear more about Women of Faith. Well, Women of Faith was um, started uh, back in 96 and uh, had a run of 20 years. Um, And if my memory serves me correctly, in that time, uh, we had over 5 million women come. And uh, we had almost a half million uh, people make decisions for Christ. So was it akin to kind of promise keepers for women? Well, you could say that, uh, but we didn't have any promises that the women needed to keep. <laughs> we sure, sure. we kind of noticed that a lot of women at the time were keeping their promises, and it had one purpose in mind, and that was to encourage women, but we had some of the best musicians, artists, and best uh, female communicators. Well, we had some a few male pastors, like Max Lucado and all would come in and speak, but yeah, it was an amazing time. I'll never forget that. Well, that's fantastic. You know, you see the If Gathering, Jenny Allen out of Austin, you see Proverbs 31, Lisa Turkers out of North Carolina, you see those, and I guess that's kind of the next progression that kind of came out of Women of Faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me, speaking of women, you co-authored your latest book, The Mediterranean Love Plan, with your wife, Misty. Is that correct? That is correct. So tell us about the book. I've done some interviews, and and it actually has gotten better reviews than when I just write a book by myself. So that's (laughs) that's the good news and the bad news. But um, my wife and I, um, when we got married, had a little problem with intimacy. And, um, well, we didn't have a problem. I had a problem. And I just had never been taught what what you need to know to be sexually competent and intimate. 
And so uh, we went to a, um, a four-day conference given by a physician couple, and it changed everything. And so we wanted to kind of help people along those lines. And we were in the Mediterranean, and we started seeing these different things from different cultures that would really bring back the passion and restore uh, some romance to any relationship. And so we put together the Mediterranean Love Plan with seven secrets from seven different uh, cultural perspectives from the Mediterranean. And um, as I said, the reviews have been great. We're, she did a great job, and uh, we, we love getting to talk about this. And it's, um, I think it can help anybody. And, you know, there's, sure. there's so much more to sexual intimacy in marriage than what happens in the bedroom. So uh, we give people a lot of different ideas and um, from these seven cultures on how to change things, especially the passion and intimacy in marriage. Yeah, and you, you know, one of your, your seven points is, is playfulness. Tell me about the, the importance of playfulness within kind of people's love story. Well, here's my, my amazing slogan. The couple that plays together, plays together. <laughs> in other words, <laughs> there's no playing because of something else. You just you play because it's fun, and it draws you together. And uh, the, the culture in Spain is full of playfulness. Most people know it's the only place that has the world's largest food fight where people <laughs> throw tomatoes at each other at um, record speed for one hour in the city plaza. They run with the bulls. They eat dinner at midnight. But they just have a spirit of playfulness. And um, so many people don't schedule in play. Uh, they, they quit doing that. And so their marriage kind of uh, dies from a lack of uh, a sense of childlike fun and the joy is gone. So we say, what, what are you going to do? I mean, my wife and I love to dance. We go, uh, we take a lesson and then we dance together in a big ballroom. Uh, we'll dance at a mall if the music is right. But you... Um, you know, you have to find those things that you love to do that bring the two of you together, uh, maybe in an environment you haven't been in before, out of a sense of playfulness that brings on uh, a great freedom uh, to the relationship. You know, it's interesting. Why do you think people, when they hear intimacy within a relationship, within a marriage, they immediately think of sexual intimacy? And how can can couples kind of engineer a, a, a deeper view of it? Well, you know, we start the book by talking about uh, getting in tune with each other or the phrase attunement, where you're in sync, uh, you know, you kind of get it, what the other uh, person feels. And, um, you know, if you go to Italy, they, they touch people when they're talking literally a hundred times a minute more than Americans do. And so... Um, they're really in tune with each other. They know how to listen. They communicate. They converse. And so, um, you know, we we start with attunement. We think the most powerful uh, sex organs are the eyeballs. And, you know, it really all begins right there. And if you don't have that eyeball-to-eyeball connection, then you're probably uh, not going to do well in connecting the other 
ways. In other words, if I'm not in tune, then no amount of playfulness is going to fix that or compensate for that. So how can couples start that attunement or, or the Mediterranean love plan? Well, you start, I would suggest you, you get the book, uh, get one for every room of your home, and uh, you can get that on New Life, newlife.com. You can get it at amazon.com. Um, but you start by deciding we're going to have a better marriage. And we're not going to start by uh, thinking that if I have a better sex life in the bedroom, everything's going to go better. You start by saying we want to be a better couple, a couple more in sync with each other. And so let's start to talk. Let's start to listen. Let's schedule it in. My wife and I, this is kind of embarrassing to some people, and they think, oh, my gosh, never do that. Every night that I'm home, we spend about an hour in the bathtub together, face-to-face, talking. Pretty vulnerable, pretty exposed, but that's just our place. You know that? Nobody can come there. We're the only ones, and that's where we uh, talk and share and and get close uh, from an attunement perspective. And so... Maybe that's not something that anybody else would be comfortable with, but find a place that is just your place. And uh, when you find it, go there often and tune in and listen deeply. I mean, this this message of taking time for one another and attuning with you know your spouse within marriage is so key, particularly for the uh, for Americans. I mean, we 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 almost purposely make ourselves busy. Do you feel like this is, is, is hard for some folks to really grasp and actually practice? Well, it's hard for people to give up all of the things that they do that fill time uh, to try to make really good quality time. But, you know, you have to decide what is the big priority. And, you know, in, like in the Christian community, we've probably got as high a divorce rate as people do in the non-Christian community. But we've got even more people, I think, that are married, but they're just kind of miserable. And so I don't want people to be miserable. I want them to have such a great marriage. Divorce would be the last thing that they ever thought of. And that's one of the big reasons we wrote this book. And so you got to decide, you know, this is kind of dull. This is kind of boring. This isn't going anywhere. Maybe there's something better. And once you decide that, things can get better if you'll put the time in. Now, there's got to be gender differences involved in all this. Uh, What can American men and women learn from Mediterranean individuals? Well, there are differences. um, But what what we've learned is that whether you're a man or a woman, you know, you both want attention. Both want the attention of the person they're married to. And, um, you know, express it more, but both want it. Both are emotional beings. And a man is just as emotional, has emotions just as much as a woman, just may not express it in the same way or to the same degree. So the more time you spend together, the more you discover the things that are so much alike, things that are quote-unquote, attuned to each other. 
And uh, that's, you know, when you stop, you say, let's, let's make this better. Let's grow our relationship. Uh, I mean, it, it really can be the beginning of just some amazingly good things that you never dreamed possible for your relationship. You know, some women might be shocked to actually hear that their husbands are emotional creatures. Help them understand that, yes, in fact, men are emotional. They just might exhibit it differently. Well, you know, I think um, men are uneasy with their emotions and many times afraid. Um, we, we fear rejection. I think our egos are a little more fragile um, for most. And so maybe we don't want to express emotion, but they're there. And the more freedom we have to express them, the more comfortable we get with it, and the more you come to understand, yeah, these, these guys are human beings, and they have feelings. And um, when a man and a woman, when they're truly sharing their feelings, their fears, the weaknesses, um, inadequacies, you know, that's what brings people together, not defending, being defensive, resisting, um, disagreeing. Those are not the things that bring us together. A lot of times a woman will say, I really want my husband to be expressive and to come out of his shell. And, and yet sometimes when that might be possible, a woman can shut down a man and not uh, really draw him out and affirm whatever he's trying to express. Uh, and it's not always easy. I was meeting with a gentleman today who had to confess to his wife that he'd been involved with pornography. And, you know, that's pretty tough for a woman to hear, um, but she was able to endure the truth, and that didn't mean everything was great at that moment. But once she didn't, you know, shame him, he had enough shame already, and she was able to affirm him for telling her the truth, as painful as it was, and it's going to take time for me to heal, was her statement. Man, it really was kind of the beginning of the, the first realistic phase of their relationship where they could attune and get together. How much, and I know you're, um, I don't know if it's one of your larger selling books, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention every man's battle and every young man's battle. Uh, but how much does pornography play into this idea of marital attunement um, and just the overall kind of love plan, whether it's the Mediterranean or not? Yeah, well, first of all, I don't know of anything, any problem that more people have than a problem with pornography. Um, you know, if I was talking about drugs or alcohol, I mean, the most you could say would be you know, 20%, not even that, though. But here, more than half men have struggled with or are struggling with pornography. And the problem with pornography is that you, you end up, living this parallel life. There's the real life, and then there's this other life uh, that is this fake life that you try to put together, make people believe is there. And it, the more we fake it, the less we, uh, we mature and grow. So we can kind of stay in a state of adolescence where we're just looking for the high or the quick fix or something. And when we discover pornography, that we can have some kind of sexual experience, no intimacy, no connection, no responsibility or obligation, 
then it just feeds in that stagnant state of adult adolescence, and uh, we never, ever fully become intimate emotionally with the spouse. And, of course, the research is all in. Uh, pornography not only is destructive emotionally, but physiologically, physically, uh, it, it literally neuters a man. There are 16-year-olds giving up pornography because they can't have sex with their girlfriend. They're not able to function as a competent male with their 16-year-old girlfriend. Now, I wish they were giving it up for some kind of great spiritual reason. But no, they've discovered something that Hugh Hefner of Playboy never told anybody. The more pornography you use, the less ability you have to be a sexually competent man with a real-life human being. And wives are such an important component to that. You know, we talk about attunement and intimacy and men starting to share their emotions and experiences. You know, a lot of them are going to come out, you know, to their wives and share this news. And while the wives need to process it, be hurt by it, show sorrow, that that idea of toxic shame can be so easy for men to grab a hold of, and wives can be pivotal in helping them not do that. It's so true. Um, Sometimes, and I don't blame either spouse, you know, we all have responsibility, but you want to be sure that you're not reacting to everything that happens. You know, the... The true free person responds to whatever the current reality is, not violently reacting or uh, depressingly reacting. And so you really, when, whenever you're dealing with your spouse, whatever happens, you know, if you're connected with each other and you're experiencing uh, life the way it's meant to be, experiencing the beauty in life and you know, savoring food together and all the different things that we talk about. If if you're doing that, you're less likely to react by, uh, you know, crawling in your emotional isolated hole and not coming out till groundhog. Powerful, powerful words. Steve, thank you. I know your time is valuable. Thank you so much for for coming on with me today. If you want more information about Steve, as well as to purchase him and Misty's new book, The Mediterranean Love Plan, go to newlife.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter. It is at Steve Arterburn. And then Facebook is at New Life Steve. Steve, thank you so very much. You bet. Thank you, and God bless you. Steve Arterburn. I was super pumped, and sorry Jimbo couldn't make it. We actually had um, a family friend pass, and it was my second or third reschedule with Steve, and so I couldn't couldn't move the interview on him one more time. So Jimbo's actually at a funeral today. But I was pumped when, when, we, when we got Steve, just because I am a child of the 90s, and me and every other male in the 90s read his Every Young Man's Battle. It's a, it's a powerful, important book on this idea of pornography, and not just a Christian man's, but a men's res- man's response to what that needs to be. As far as him and Misty's latest book, The Mediterranean Love Plan, here are kind of the things... And if you guys didn't put it together, the Mediterranean meal food plan, I know my cardiologist has recommended it, and I'm not doing so well. Uh, But uh, as far as the Mediterranean love plan, you know, he just said there was a problem of intimacy or with intimacy for me. I didn't know how to do it, wasn't trained in it. 
And so he has spent decades with his wife trying to kind of put this together and figure it out. He mentioned both are emotional creatures, both men and women. Um, It's just they exhibit and they show them differently. I know so many men, they have a lot of emotions, but a lot of the negative ones only funnel through anger. It's important to understand that anger is a secondary emotion. I know we've talked about that on the show, but men have to begin to realize through emotional education that there's hurt and there's disappointment and there's anxiety. There's a lot of other different negative emotions. It's not all anger. But wives, being sensitive and understanding that and kind of beckoning them out of their shell is really, really, really important. The process or the importance of attunement, attunement that he mentioned, that we have to just purposely take time to really just stare at each other and talk. I know because of my body size, my wife and I rarely fit into the same bathtub, so we can't do that plan. <laughs> but... Uh, but <laughs> But yes, we, we absolutely, Sunday nights, here lately it's been a few more because we've had some stuff going on, but Sunday nights, 8 to 10, no electronics, we kind of just sit and we talk. And the importance of that time and that attunement is huge as far as the, the emotional intimacy within the marriage. And then finally, I'll wrap up with men are very fragile creatures. We like to put off a arrogance and a bravado and a confidence, but we have very fragile egos. Uh, Again, the woman's core question or need that she's trying to answer, am I lovable for men? It's am I adequate? And it is, it's very easy for a man to feel inadequate. And so we are very fragile and we need to be encouraged and and loved and not just assume that we have this gruff, tough exterior is all there is to us. Guys, um, if you want more information about this episode, go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can click on the episode link there and then find Steve's, and we'll have all the links to to everything that he referenced. Um, You can also follow the show as well as us individually on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find that information at paradoxpodcast.com. Thank you for joining me. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. If you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. The concept from the book came from a shocking statistic I heard from Andy Stanley one time. He said that 90% of people who start to pursue something for the kingdom of God, whether it's to take a neighbor a meal, to go on a mission trip, to start a Bible study, to write a book, like whatever it is, 90% of people never see it all the way through to completion.